So for the last few weeks, um, as we led up to the election, we were talking about loving our neighbors and, and what it means to... Sorry, that was a little bit difficult to turn. Um, what it means to uh, love our neighbors and to have that witness in the community. I hope that many of you still have your yard signs and I would encourage you to leave those out. We want to continue to spread the word about Trinity loving our community, loving our neighbors. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God and the next is like it, to love our neighbors as ourselves. When I think about what it means to love our neighbors, um, I really think about that as love in action, love in tangible forms. It is serving, it is uh, being selfless, it is being giving, it is sacrificing. Last week, Steve reminded us of the five most important things to do before you die, or, or that was his list of five most important things to do. And one of them was to, li to live open-handed, to live with generosity. Generosity is necessary in order to have a meaningful life. And that's not simply conjecture. Study after study shows that those who are generous find their lives to be more meaningful, more joyful, more filled with peace, and having more fulfillment. So this morning we're going to take a look at a scripture where uh, Jesus is in the temple and he's watching people make their gifts, give their offering, and he calls the disciples to him, to him and he begins to teach them about this moment. So uh, read along with me as I share from uh, the Gospel of Mark chapter 12. Jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money. Many people were throwing in lots of money. One poor widow came forward and put in two small copper coins worth a penny. Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than everyone who's been putting money in the treasury. All of them are giving out of their spare change. But she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had, even what she needed to live on. Might be hard to say it this morning, but let's say this is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say... Thanks be to God. Let me invite you to pause for a moment and pray with me in offering this sermon this morning, and I'll pray for you that God will speak a word into your heart today. Let's pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in this example, Jesus calls the disciples to him and he teaches them. And he points out the widow and the way in which she gives as a way to teach them. You know, I've been thinking about how it is that we learn 
about generosity. And I would say we learn in at least a couple of ways. One, by someone intentionally teaching us about it. And two, by observing others in the practice of generosity. You all may have heard me share this before, but I learned to give from my parents. I am one of three daughters in my family, and my parents taught each of us to tithe. Early on, they began to give us allowance, and when they gave us an allowance, it was for a dollar a week. But they didn't give us a dollar bill. They gave it to us in specific denominations, three quarters, two dimes, and a nickel to be exact. And that was because we needed to take a dime with us to church as our tithe and put it in the offering that day. Now, they were also intentional and smart enough to give us our allowance on Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings, because, you know, it's much easier to put a dime in the offering plate when you do it first on the first day of the week that you receive your allowance. Now, later, I worked in my mom's craft store, and I made minimum wage, and so my dad helped me calculate how many hours a week would I be working, and what would I be making in minimum wage, and or what would I be bringing home in minimum wage, and what was 10% of that, so that again, I could tithe and give 10% of that to the church when I came to worship on Sunday mornings. Daddy taught me that. Mother taught me that. We, we learn. We learn. And, and my income, I learned, was not all mine to spend. I was taught that of all that I had been given, I should give the first 10% to God as my offering. I also learned to give by observing others. Again, I learned from my parents. And just as I took my offering envelope to church each Sunday, as did my sisters, I can clearly remember my father reaching into his coat pocket, his inside coat pocket, and pulling out his offering to put in the offering plate as it went by. And as I looked down the row, I saw others doing the same. I observed this giving And I saw all of those saints in the church giving as well. Now, if I learned the practice of tithing, giving 10% from my parents, I learned the, uh, the enthusiasm of generosity from my son, really. We, 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 we too gave our kids a, a weekly allowance and would... Give it, give it to them so that they could take 10% of it to the church with them. And we also taught them to save. And Sid, our son, is really much more of a saver than he is a spender, always has been. So I remember this time when he was in elementary school, and his classroom at school were collecting items to send to the soldiers in Iraq. And they were collecting different kinds of snack items like nuts and protein bars and granola bars and dried fruit. And so Sid was so excited about doing this and bringing these items in. I said, okay, well, why don't you just go to the pantry and get a few things out of the pantry? And he said, no, mom, I want to go and buy some. I want to go to that big box place and, and buy big boxes of these items. 
And I, I said, well, Sid, you know, that, that could get quite expensive. And he said, I know, and I, I don't care. I want to do it out of my own money. I want to do this. And so we took him to that big box store, and he bought large boxes and quantities of items, and he spent $100 out of his own little elementary school savings. And it brought him so much joy to give. It's, it brought him so much joy to, to be generous. And I truly learned from Sid that it is, it is more blessed to give than to receive so who taught you to give? Was it your parents? Was it someone that you heard in church giving a testimony? Was it someone you observed giving faithfully week after week? Was it someone who exuded joy in their giving? Someone that you knew gave sacrificially? Who taught you to give? That day, Jesus taught the disciples about giving by pointing to the widow. The widow approached the treasury and gave two co copper coins that were worth only about a penny. Other people who were more wealthy had come in and given large sums of money, and so the amount was obviously not the most important thing. It wasn't the, the most important part of that lesson. The widow had given less and yet, Jesus considered it more. Jesus said to the disciples, the poor widow has given more to God than all those who are contributing large sums of money, for all of them have given out of their abundance. But she gave out of her poverty. She gave all that she had. You know, in pointing out the widow, Jesus was teaching the disciples two very important lessons. First of all, it wasn't what she gave, but how she gave. She was giving even out of her poverty. Immediately prior to this, Jesus is criticizing those who, who were flaunting their wealth and their status. And when they gave to the temple, Jesus knew that they were giving out of their abundance, out of their excess. They were giving what they had left over. That's how many people usually think about giving to the church. It comes out of their surplus after they've uh, paid all their personal expenses and, and even after they've uh, used their money for non-essential expenses. But the woman, she gave all that she had. Now that's what, not what Jesus asks of us. Everything in Scripture points to the benchmark of a tithe, the first 10%. But the woman gave it all. And she did so willingly because she came with two coins, two lepta, the lowest denomination of coin worth less than a penny. But she did have two of them, and so she could have given one and kept one for herself, but instead she gave both. She gave all that she had to live on, which again re-emphasizes the greatness of her offering. You know, I learned recently about a study of giving based on tax returns in 2017, so I'm assuming it was the tax returns from 2016 that they were studying. The study was about the percentage of giving based on income. 
25% of Americans itemize deductions. That may be less now because they've raised the amount for standard deductions. But the study showed that for those who itemize deductions, the higher the gross adjusted income, the lower the percentage given away. The study showed that with a gross adjusted income of $30,000 a year, the average giving was 10%. But with a gross ad adjusted income of $100,000 to $250,000 a year, the average giving is 3%. 3%. Why is it that the more we earn, the lower the percentage we are likely to give away? Could it be that the more we earn, the more we become attached to our money and attached to things? Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moth and, and rust don't consume and thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Most of us have a tendency to store up treasure for ourselves. And maybe the antidote to that temptation for more and more is to make generosity the priority in our lives, to make generosity the, the foundation by which we live, to put our love for Christ into action through our generosity, our love for our neighbors into action through our generosity, no matter what our income, to continue to give sacrificially. Sacrificially. The second lesson that we learn is a lesson from the widow of trust. As I said, she had two coins, two lepta, and she gave them both. And she gave them willingly. She must have trusted that God could provide and would provide. Trusted that somehow God would take care of her. In that way, she's not unlike the widow of Zarephath. You may remember the story from the Old Testament. The prophet Elijah is on the run for his life and is in the wilderness and is hungry and there's a famine. And God sends him to look for the widow of Zarephath, saying that she will provide for him. And when he finds her and gets there, she says that she has only a handful of meal and a little oil in the jar, and she plans to go home and fix that for herself and for her son, and then they will die. But Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Go and make some for me and for you and for your son. For the Lord God says, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the oil will not run out. So she trusts and she goes and does exactly what Elijah tells her to do. And guess what? Her jar of meal was not emptied and her oil did not run out. She and her household ate for many days until the rains came. The widow of Zarephath 
trusted that God would provide. And the widow in the temple, likewise, she must have trusted that God would provide. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there will be food in my house and put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. I love that. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See that I will not open the window of heaven and pour down overflowing blessing. Now, that's not a prosperity gospel kind of theology. It's not saying if you give, if you tithe, that God will make you rich. That is not what this is saying. But it is saying that when we give and when we put our trust in God, that God will give back many blessings to us. God will pour out blessings on us, blessings of many different kinds, And in many different ways, many times over. In our married life, Steve and I have seen that happen again and again. One of the first times was when we'd been married for just about a year. It was 1987, and we were headed off to seminary. We were both going to be full-time students, and between the two of us, we had one part-time job. And that part-time job meant that we brought home $600 a month. That was hard to live on, even in 1987. But we worked out our budget, we figured out how we could do everything, and absolutely no buying clothes, no entertainment, no nothing for fun that cost any money. And if we grocery shopped real carefully for the entire month and ate lots of beans and rice, then at the end of the month, we might be able to go to Ryan's All-You-Can-Eat Steakhouse so that Steve Price could eat his fill once a month. Once a month. We had it all figured out, and then Steve came back in the room and he had this distressed look on his face. And he said, Catherine, I forgot about car insurance. Car insurance for our two cars is going to be $100 a month. And we didn't, I mean, you have to have car insurance, especially when you live in Atlanta. We didn't know what what to do. And so we decided that we would just sleep on it and we would try to figure it out the next day and see what God might do. Well, the next day, the senior pastor of the church stopped by the house, the church where we were working. He he stopped by the house to see us, and he was checking on us to see how we were getting settled in the in the little townhouse. and And he said, um, I, "I've got this question for you. We have two children's choirs that rehearse on Sunday evening, and for about an hour, and we have a director for those choirs." but we don't have an accompanist. And I heard that Steve Price plays the piano. Steve, do you think you, you might be willing to be the accompanist for an hour a week each Sunday evening? And we could pay you, say, $100 a month? Really? Really, is that what God does? I do believe that is what God does. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. 
And God will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. Blessings in many different ways of many different kinds, many times over. We are created to be a generous people. We are made in the image of God who is abounding in generosity. And we are blessed to be a blessing to others. Called to be generous in return. Not with our leftovers, not with whatever excess we might have, but with the first fruits, with the first of all that we have been given. Always trusting that God will provide and that there will be enough. Trinity, you are an incredible congregation, bountiful in generosity. And as we commit together in this this new season that we are coming into, As we commit together, God will do and will continue to do amazing things through us. In a little over a week, we're going to be uh, offering pledge cards for you all to uh, make your uh, commitment for your anticipated financial giving for 2023 to Trinity. Between now and then, I invite you to be in prayer. I I invite you to pray to God, what is it that you want me to give? What would it look like for you to give sacrificially? That's different for each person, each household in here. What would it look like for you to give sacrificially? And what does it look like to trust in God? to give first to God, trusting that God will provide all that is needed and will shape you into who God is creating you to become. So Trinity, trust and pray about what God is calling you to give, what God is calling you to give sacrificially as as we move into this new an exciting chapter that lies ahead. Let's pray together. And as I pray, I invite you to make this your prayer as well. Loving God, I give you thanks. Thank you for my life and for your love for me. I know that everything I have is a gift from you. Thank you for this church and the ways you use this congregation to be a blessing to others. The ways that you use this congregation to show love in action, love for God and love for our neighbors. So help me to be generous and trust in you and share willingly from what you have given to me. Help me to give sacrificially, to be generous to you and to the work you do through Trinity. In the power and name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.